Welcome to Dove and Dragon Radio. I'm your host, ML Loose Track. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button down below and get all the alerts for new and upcoming interviews. This is now brought to you by the Internet News Network, Dove and Dragon Radio, Loose Track Films and Publishing, the Internet News Network, and ScreenWorks Entertainment. If you're looking for an interview yourself, please get a hold of me through either radioguestlist.com or through my website. Thank you. Dragon Radio brought to you by INN Internet News Network, Roostrock Films and Publishing, and of course, Dove and Dragon. We have a wonderful author here today to talk about awakening your inner butterfly. Welcome, Joanna. Hi, I'm so honored to be here with you. It's always a pleasure to talk to wonderful authors that are having a positive message to spread. Yeah. <laughs> How did you come up with this book? Um, I've been teaching for a long time, uh, transformation and intuition and how to essentially get to know yourself. So this is something for people to take home that can take the workshops or classes. And it really is designed for you to really get to know yourself in a kind of honest way <laughs> because we're all subjective all the time very true i mean we have this we grow up listening to others how we should act how we should be what we should do we don't take the time to analyze ourselves what do we want to do what do we want to be what how do we want to grow yeah so i uh figured out a system to divide i mean dissect oneself a little bit and I decided to divide people into structures so we have the physical the mental emotional and the spiritual structure mm -hmm. and so the book has a lot of questions that you can ask yourself about what is important to you so in the physical structure of course the body the house and all that is very tangible and um by looking at that, you can see, okay, am I doing right by my body? Am I uh, doing things that are not good for me? And how important actually is the body? Because even if the body is ill or injured, mm -hmm. there's something in us that still is function that is more important. Right. Um, it's Okay. I come from having three strokes, having been told by doctors you're never going to talk again never going to walk again never do insert a negative here <laughs> so you have to get out of that and look at other things look at the mental okay i can't do physical can i do mental what can i do that's mentally challenging that will help me grow so then you go 
step by step. Yeah, and then you realize that you are not the body because even when your body is dealing with the stroke and can't speak and can't do a lot of things, you're still there, right? <laughs> right. You still have that mindset that you're there. So you have to figure out what you can and cannot do based on what your mind tells you, what your spirit tells you. And then you fight with the body to get it to do what you want it to do. Yeah. So the physical structure essentially isn't all that important. <laughs> is it really what moves within it that is that important? Because right. It, right. And, you know, also it breaks down, of course, as we age and eventually we leave it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It, it's, the body is so important to keep the mind and the spirit going. We spend so much time at the gym, making it work properly, look properly, eating healthy, doing all these things. But the truth is, it's what's in your mind, your mindset, and what's in your spirit that makes you go further. Yeah, so that brings us to the next structure, which is the mental, emotional, I called it. And that's more, well, what you think, but also your social environment. I mean, I live in Los Angeles. People, under normal circumstances, drive an hour to work, an hour home. That's two hours for a job that, uh, you know, is it worth that? Am I losing too much of it? So right now, with this challenge of being at home, I think a lot of people have to seeing that the things we keep busy socially may not be all that important. No, it's not. It's... Okay, who's in your circle that you're socializing with? Are they outstanding citizens or are they the ones that want to sit on a apartment complex stoop and complain all day but not do anything to improve their situation? Well, yeah, there's that. And then that's also because it's always about the self. Mm -hmm. um, what what is it what do you choose what you're running from when you're like really socially fluttering around all the time mm -hmm. um is it that important so this time of lockdown i thought was really good for people to take a stock of what what is important what is going on within me and uh where am i going with everything exactly right now is a perfect time for inner growth yeah. Because you're going to find out what's important to you. Is it your friends that are important? Is it your job that's important? Sorry about that. I thought she was downstairs. Fine. She gets, she's so quiet when she's sleeping and, you know, behave herself. I look for it. She's no one in the room. Then she barks. <laughs> <laughs> but as I was saying, it, it's the perfect time right now for in, the inner growth. We have to take this time to, okay, how important is our family in our daily list of activities? And family can be mom, dad, grandpa, grandma, kids, nieces, nephews, whatever. Or it could be your friends that you consider your family. Yeah. So this is a good time to really figure out what is it and is it worth the sacrifice that I'm doing for it? Mm -hmm. time. So you get to know yourself I'm thinking more of you know you have a job that takes up a lot of time to make the money to live in a certain house mm -hmm. which is um, 
maybe not worth it. Maybe a smaller house would be better and more time for yourself or it's, uh, you know, it's a toss up to what, um, what you really want and to really figure that out. So get to know yourself and stop um, pretending that you're caught in something because we are, you know, the, the spider that creates the spider web, but mm -hmm. we're also the fly that's caught in it at the same time. Yes, we are. So to become aware of both, of the web that we created and of being the fly that is trapped and devoured in it. Right. Do we want to continue to be the spider and weave the webs to have the multi-million dollar house, the cars, the whatever, but we have enough time for family, or do we want to get out of that spider web and create something new? Yeah, so there are questions in the book that slowly and gently guide you towards just being aware of all the things that are going on. So raise your awareness about yourself. And there's a lot of, um, I'm very big on meditations. So even when you're going through a book like this, if you meditate or have very soothing music in the background, it actually ignites certain pathways in the brain. So you comprehend or are more truthful with yourself. Yeah. I'm all for that. <laughs> I mean, we want to be truthful with ourselves and open with ourselves because who else are we open with, really? Yeah, but we... Of course, it's very easy to lie at yourself, to yourself. Oh, and we all do it because it's hard to be objective because we are the subject, therefore being subjective, making excuses about our own behavior and what we do. And that's the wonderful time of being on earth because all the things we see in other people that bother us is what we should look for within. Mm -hmm. It is. We do this a lot. Um, I hear, I do a lot of talk with domestic violence groups and stuff like this, and this isn't on radio, but it's in groups, but we find out through different things that every person has certain characteristics when they have violent tendencies. They're not truthful with themselves, so they take out their untruthfulness, their inner hidden whatever they are hiding from themselves and they take it out on the other person yeah it's always within so everything goes within and you have to always clean up within mm -hmm. and you know the best way to do that for me as um i love to write so anything from poetry to self-help books but um i like to narrate it sometimes so i see myself as a character in a book and I go, oh, so what is she going to do next? Or how is she going to handle it? Or oh, yeah. why did that trigger her? Right. Even writing is a wonderful way to have self-expression, but also put yourself in a different situation. Because you get to be that voice of a character. When you have that voice of a character, then you get to ask the question, is this something I would do? Yeah. So I'd say more the voice of the narrator or the voice of the observer. So you start to observe yourself and get to, you know, get step outside of yourself. So you can actually be objective about it. Yes, you can. Now you have on your website, as I'm going through this a little bit, 
we usually have individual sessions. Yeah, I work uh, individually with people and I can't really, there's no, it is whatever comes through for that person. So I'm not aware of what's going to happen, mm -hmm. what they bring into the session. And again, what you bring in. But I have to just trust that their spirit mm -hmm. gives me. Yeah, what their spirit tells me to do and, and have to put myself out of the way, which is why I work over the phone only, because that takes away that, you know, I see you and there's instantly some form of, uh, some form of judgment comes up. Yes. You know, this person looks like that, or this person looks sad, or this person looks... So when you work over the phone, that all falls away. And on the other hand, too, for the client, oh, she looks like that. I don't know, you know, if I, if this person can really help me. Right. So we have these things naturally come up. So when we work over the phone, it's entirely on that, what your higher self or spirit tells me. And uh, it takes the human faulty aspect out of it. Oh, it does. It, it's when you work with, I'm a self-help um, coach. And I do all my work over the phone because one, I don't ever want to judge someone on what they wear or <laughs> anything else. So if yeah. I'm on the phone, I don't see you. I'm trusting that the information you're giving me is open and honest. Yeah. I cannot help you change your life or point you into a direction if you're not open and honest with me, because I have no opinion of, what you're wearing, what your house looks like, what color your dogs are. I, I have no opinion on that. Yeah, yeah, I find that too very helpful because then you can really focus on what actually, you know, is the agenda that they bring to the table. They are. And then as a client, you have to be willing to put in the work to change yourself. It can't just take the words of whoever's mentoring you and expect it to change when you're not putting in any of the work. If they're giving you worksheets and as a self-help coach, there's worksheets. That way you can get to know yourself or you can read a book like this and see where you want to go. Yeah. And it's also my experience that, um, well, very few people want to do the work first. Mm -hmm. They want to come and they want you to fix it. <laughs> yes. We're living in a generation where everyone thinks everyone else has to fix their problems. The truth is you have to fix yourself before you can fix others. Yeah. You so, have, that's even in family. You have to fix yourself before you can fix your children. Uh, yeah, I learned that the hard way. <laughs> Don't tell me, do it, you know, model yes. it. Yes. <laughs> if kids you, call you out on everything. They will. If you tell your child not to go break the window next door because the neighbor two doors down does it because it's entertaining, and then you go and break the window of someone's car, why is a child going to listen to you? Yeah. I'm, I'm just using a... That's a very harsh example. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it's happening in society today. <laughs> yeah. 
But I would just say, you know, you tell them not to talk bad about other people, but then you come home and you complain about people and uh, being totally hypocritical about it. So you have to really walk your talk. Right. I, I'm, I was talking to my nephews yesterday. I'm like, and something happened. And I was like, I'm not going to say it. And he said, I was like, I wasn't going to say that. I, it's really mean and it shouldn't be said. But as a human being, your mind goes there. But you have to take your what's in your mind and make sure it doesn't come past your lips. Yeah. It's okay to think anything you want. <laughs> That's your mind. No one's going to hear your inner thoughts except for you. But you have to have some degree of what you say. But you also have to be human. So especially with children, I think if you model that everything is always perfect, that's not so good either because that gets them to not be okay with their emotions and what they're going through. So right. when you model that you can get angry and you model, you know, that only spending quality time with your children, I think that's very dangerous. And that makes this society also believe that everything is always perfect, you know, and I don't have to accelerate, I'll still get an award and um, I don't have to apply myself. So the, the failure, learning to fail, learning to fail yourself by being not perfect is really important for kids. And I think people trying to avoid that. We have been going since the mid nineties. Oh, you're in a sport, here's an award. You yeah. went from seventh grade to eighth grade, here's an award. We have gotten to the point where we reward people for anything and everything. Yeah, but and so they're used to it. Yes. So when you go out to the real world and as an adult, you don't get an award for showing up to work on time. You don't <laughs> get an award for doing the work on time. You get, oh, you're late. Why are you late? You don't get the positive like we're just teaching kids in school. And it's very, very dangerous because they want that instant gratification. Yeah, that, and I think that parents trying to hide, I mean, I met parents in my um, classes that never fight in front of their kids. Mm -hmm. So when the kids start having a relationship and they have issues, they don't know what to do. Right. And, now, yeah. for relationships when fighting, there's the fighting of arguing and trying to work it out and you're just frustrated so you're screaming. And then there's the non-progressive criticism that doesn't go anywhere. Those types of fights don't need to be around the kids because it's not helping the situation. We're talking about the fights that lead into solving. Solving, solving a problem, yeah. Thank you. I, certain words just don't like me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, of course, I mean, that being like degrading to your partner or so, that's very hurtful to any, you know, any family, but discussing a problem and having disagreements and working them out, I think is very useful. Right. Going from, okay, we're having this argument, why did you do, insert whatever it is, and you're arguing about it, well, which way works better? Talk it out. It's not just arguing, it's talking it out to find a solution. However, 
However, there are things that are degrading that we need to take out of our dialect when trying to find a solution. Yeah, but I think that more of those degrading kind of things come when you suppress and don't want to discuss what's up, when you don't feel strong enough to say, hey, this behavior is really not okay with me, can we talk about it, or this hurts me because of whatever. Because a lot of times also the other person, since we're all only thinking about ourselves in general, mm -hmm. is not aware of it. That, or are we actually degrading the other person because we're finding something in ourselves and we're jealous? Yeah, that too. So it's always that, you know, check with yourself, look inward, where does this come from? But I think that uh, being able to have a disagreement and making up and being okay with that and being okay with being yourself, that is a very important part of growing up to see that, to see that, okay, we can disagree on this, but we're still okay and we can still love us. And the children are gonna grow up and being their own people when they disagree with you when they're teenagers, which happens a lot, mm -hmm. you don't love them any less. It's just like, I don't like your behavior right now. <laughs> right. I have a teenager and I, I go, okay, you have to learn on your own because at this lesson here, I can't teach you. You're going to have to learn it yourself because you're not going to listen to my advice anyways. So, you let them fail so they can learn, but at the same time, you're there to cuddle them when they fail because now they're hurt. Yeah. And I um, actually wrote an article once for a teenage magazine and that says it's about giving yourself advice when you're a teenager. You know, I love that age because everything is sort of up in the open. Mm -hmm. all your frustration and whatever goes on in life and the first heartbreak and it's so um so full of potential mm -hmm. so i uh, um i tell people to when you don't know what to do pretend it's your best friend going through this what advice would you give him or her mm -hmm. and then listen to that advice because <laughs> you're going to give yourself the best advice and you're most willing to listen to it because if your parents give you that advice, it's like, no. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an automatic, when you're a parent and you have a teenager, the best advice in the world is not going to be heard. Yeah. Because it has to come from them. Face it, every teenager out there has go through this, I know everything. Yeah, and... Uh... You know, it's beautiful because we all, if we're honest, remember exactly what that was like. Mm -hmm. So I'm at the point now, instead of giving my daughter advice, I do go, okay, what's the pros and cons in your opinion? Or yep. let's talk it out. I'm not going to give you an advice, but I'll debate it with you. Yeah, that's, I think that's, yeah, a good approach. And then also just putting it outside of yourself. So put it onto another person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's, me and her have some of the most interesting debates. And she's also a writer. So we make characters for whatever she's writing and put them in the situation. And we've been yeah. doing this for years. But that's what 
works for us. It doesn't work for everyone, but that's how we work. And well, she I think that's the best way because yeah. that's gets you most the closest to objectivity that you can get mm -hmm. within being stuck within yourself. <laughs> Very true. So while we have a few minutes, where can our listeners and our viewers find you? I have a website, Quantum Heart Field, as in quantum physics and heart as in your chest <laughs> and field as in baseball field. So it's easy. Quantumheartfield.com. That's the best way to reach me, but I also am on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Oh yeah, you're on all the social media sites. I mean, if you Google your name, I'm pretty sure it would give you at least 10 pages where you can be found. Yeah. But it was very nice talking with you today. Yes, it was very nice talking with you. I'm really happy to have been here. I try, I try to make our, our guests feel as at ease as possible. Yeah, you did. So, <laughs> I appreciate it. And for all of our listeners and viewers, happy reading. <laughs>